Friends can let friends adopt away too many cats. Friends can let friends spill the tea, the cheese, the gag. Friends can let friends sing while drunk off their ass. But friends don't let friends make a podcast. Hey. Hey. I feel like we always start these so awkwardly. But... <laughs> I got a text message from my dad. Great. <laughs> Why is your dad texting you right now? It's literally midnight. Um... Go to bed. <laughs> dad, if you're listening, go to bed. <laughs> He's coming tomorrow to San Antonio. Mm. And he wants to know where I got my ears pierced because he wants to go to him tomorrow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Great. So, yeah. What a great way to start this yeah. whole endeavor. <laughs> anyway. Welcome to episode five of oh, Friends yeah. Don't Let Friends Make a Podcast. Yeah. Well, Here we are. Yeah. That's Thanks. Tori Smoy over there. <laughs> and that's Miss Angelica Jones. Gross. Um, there will not be two episodes this week, everyone. I know we've been spoiling you <laughs> <laughs> with our upload schedule. There will just be one, but... It's going to be a doozy, y'all. Yeah. It's only going to be two if it's either really bad or really short. I don't see this being short. No, but I mean, like, for the future. Oh, got it, got Like, it, got the only it. reason I see us doing two again is if it's Yeah, if the quality is bad or, or if it's short. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it's just like, you know, that wasn't much to talk about. Let's do another one. Right. Makes sense to me. But today is our very highly anticipated episode. It's the one we've been excited about. The one that we've talked about in basically every episode that we've made so far. And the one that we've told the most people about, too. Yeah. uh, Without even recording it. So, here it is. So, we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. why... No, okay. (laughs) Let me backtrack. We're going to talk about Coco and Mm -hmm. Moana. Yeah. And I just want to start by saying these are just our opinions. Yes. And a few opinions of others, these aren't facts, these aren't in any way saying you have to believe it's this way or it's bad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just our opinion, how we strongly feel. Yeah. And yeah. And we're not trying to sway anyone also. Like, this is a way for us to vent, in a sense, and this is a way for us to get these opinions out that are actually fairly well-researched, you know, and different stuff like that. So it's not like we're just coming at this with, oh, we don't like it just because we don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the things that we're going to say, the things that we have ready to talk about are things that we've actually researched and kind of looked into, and we're, we're backing it up a little bit. Um, so, but that being said, we're not trying to sway anyone's opinion of these films. We're not trying to get you to our side. We just... We just got to talk about it. Yeah, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. All right, you can, this is your topic, Tori. All right, so I'm going to start by saying I absolutely hate the movie Coco. Yeah. So, sorry if, you know, okay, but first, like, (laughs) it's all right if you watch it once, twice, three, four, maybe five times, once in a while. I have a one and a half year old. Yeah. And I there was a period of time where I watched it every single day, maybe twice a day. And let me tell you, you start to notice things that most people don't unless they've seen it a bunch of times. 
unless they've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah. And, yeah, so I absolutely hate the movie. I will say, also, just, I don't mean to cut you off. You're here, fine. But um, the first couple of times that I watched it, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I wept Same. the first two times that I watched it. I Both, almost wept. I wept in front of eighth graders, and I oh. wept in front of my <laughs> I remember, parents. I remember, I remember. You know? So um, the first two times that I watched it, it, it really did get me in it and, it, and I did really, really enjoy it. But... Like Tori was saying, living with a one-and-a-half-year-old and watching it day in and day out, you, you do. You notice a lot of things, and then that's whenever it really starts becoming problematic. It's kind of like Frozen, too. When for, this, this is not about Frozen, but when Frozen first came out, I watched it a few times, and I loved it. But the more that I watched it, the more annoyed that I got with it. But that was more like annoyance-based versus like actually having complaints about the film. Yes. This is annoyance, but it's because of the problems with it. Yes. Which is different. So. I think right. a lot of people, sidetrack, I think a lot of people were just annoyed of Frozen. It just got too hyped. It, yes. And stayed hyped for so long. Like, yeah. the fact that we're still seeing Frozen <laughs> on products and things kind of bugs me. Like, mm-hmm. that was, I was a junior in high school when that came out. Like, Jesus, that was so long. I went on a date to see Frozen. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's been a hot minute. Um... But the fact that it's still prominent, again, especially since other films have come out since then that have been better, yeah. and you see zero marketing on that, which, hot take here, spilling some tea, it might be because the lead characters of the films that have come after that are better are POC, and we tend to place our white characters higher and in the spotlight than we do hmm. our people of color. Hmm. So. I don't know if that's why the marketing strategies the have been hyping. what they are, but that's kind of my opinion. That's kind of how I noticed. think, yeah, from what I've noticed. I mean, we'll get more into Moana later, but look at how often you see Moana in, in like a Target or a Walmart versus how often you see Frozen oh, still four or five years later. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I've one's been- brown and one's... White. white but i i have yeah thinking about it now mm-hmm. i have still seen frozen i barely see moana anymore same i mm-hmm. and sh- uh, it's such a good movie such a good movie mm-hmm. yeah all right so let's let's get into getting it. back all right so my first point it's nothing really major but it's just cliche that of course oh spoilers by the way if you haven't oh, seen coco yeah. Or stop. Moana. If you haven't seen Coco or Moana, stop listening right now. Do not listen to this episode. Because yes. this is very spoiler heavy. Yes. And we're not going to hide We're it. not censoring it. Yeah, so if you've seen it, listen on. If you haven't, maybe skip this episode. Come back next week. Maybe watch it a few times and then come back. Yeah, but don't listen to this before you've seen the movies because we're going to go in and we're going to talk a lot, a lot about specific details and stuff. And if you don't want spoilers, then this is your warning now. All right. Unless sorry. you absolutely know you're not going to watch it. Yeah, right then, then that's fine. Keep trucking. Okay. Anyway, so I just, it's so cliche that, of course, Miguel is hanging out with his grandpa, Papa Hector, <laughs> this whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I just hate, like, of course. I just, why Disney? I just. Mm. And what's really funny about that, too, is the very, very, very first time that I watched it. Because I. I pick up on things in movies mm-hmm. all the time because I'm an English minor. Like, I just, I'm, I'm trained to do that. 
So the very first time that I ever watched Coco, and he's talking about, he does his whole narration at the beginning, and he's like, yeah, and then my, my great-grandpa left to be go, go become a musician, whatever. I was, and then he immediately starts talking about Ernesto de la Cruz. I was like, oh, okay, so Ernesto de la Cruz is his grandpa. Great, we got it. And like, I thought that everyone knew that. Then a little bit later in the movie, he's like, my grandpa's Ernesto de la Cruz. And I was like, yeah, you told us that at the beginning. <laughs> what do you mean? And he's so excited. Like, it's this new revelation. I'm like, you said it. <laughs> like, you didn't say it, but you said it. So the Hector thing was like a little bit of a twist, but also like I saw it coming about five minutes before it happened. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, bet. Is he the grandpa? And then I paused it with the kids, and I was like, hey, guess what, guy? <laughs> so, yeah, but I agree it is very cliche yeah it's a it's a it's the it's an ex machina exactly what's ex machina okay so an ex machina we've talked about this before i know we have but, i have um, a bad memory i know so an ex machina is it started with uh medea the greek play mm-hmm. and basically what it means is there's a situation that's somewhat perilous okay and the only way out of it is through some kind of, like, divine intervention, so to speak. So in actual Medea, she, like, kills her children and all this stuff. And she's about to get into, like, major trouble, and all, of course, as you do mm-hmm. when you murder your children. But then all of a sudden, the gods, like, send her this chariot of gold and, like, bring her up to Mount Olympus. And so that's known as a deus ex machina because they saved her when nothing else would have. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So any plot device in a film or in a book or whatever that saves a character from some kind of peril that they could not have saved themselves from mm. is an ex machina. Got so it. like the whole thing with him wanting to get back to the land of the living and like not being, and then Ernesto de la Cruz being the villain and his family not giving the blessing. Like the fact that he's been with Hector this whole time is essentially an ex machina. Yeah. You know? Got it. Yeah. All right. I didn't, no more you know. There you go. Thanks for teaching me. You're welcome. I hope I remember it this time. I do too. If not, you can listen back yeah, to our episode. I remember so. hearing Ex Machina as soon as you said it, but I had no idea what it was. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. Essentially. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so. More yeah. or less. It's fine. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Who's going to fact check me? <laughs> At me on Twitter if I'm wrong. <laughs> Email us if Email I'm wrong, us. please. <laughs> All right, so... I never check our emails. Do you check our emails? I get them notified. Oh, okay. I, I, I was like, how... getting notified. We haven't gotten any. <laughs> okay, fine. That's fine. Email us. <laughs> Someone email us. Yeah, hello. Be your first one. <laughs> Mom? <laughs> Mom, email us? <laughs> anyway. Please? So, our next point mm. is... Mm. They make everybody all the time grito. And I cannot stand it because... Explain to our white listeners what a grito uh, is. So a grito is like an exclamation that pe- that Mexican-American people do. Usually, like 99% of the so- times at the beginning of songs to yes. like grab your attention. I've only ever heard it in music. Same. Like I've never heard it in just like real life situations. Me neither. I've heard people like exclaiming like, right. eso, but nothing like a grito. Yeah, not like a, I, 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 which yeah. is essentially what... We're talking about with the yes. film in, in general. Yes. Yeah, it's in music all the time. Mm-hmm. You hear, my, my grandparents listen to the mariachi station on the radio, and you hear it sometimes. I was in mariachi, and we would have somebody designated to do that right. as soon as we were starting to, like, you know, hey, yeah. we're starting, pay attention <laughs> Pay attention, to <laughs> yeah. But um, it's never something that just happens in I've regular never. life. And I'm from Laredo, a border town right next to Mexico, We've both been to Mexico multiple times. Yeah, I've never heard it. Never. 
So, so they started off, I think if I remember correctly, they started off right, like, he, Hector is teaching Miguel how to beat to mm-hmm. grab their attention before the beginning of the song. Right. And then he gets it. Mm-hmm. He gets it down. But then towards the end of the song, I haven't heard a song like this. They just continue gritoing towards yes. back and forth. Maybe this is that's, poco loco, right? Yes, yeah. poco loco. And maybe that's what some songs do. I haven't heard any personally. Same. But you know, and I've heard a lot of Spanish songs <laughs> in my life. Same. Played some, heard some. Yeah. Never to heard it. And then it just keeps going. Yeah. Like, whenever we find out that Hector is his grandpa and they're in the well thing. Yeah. And they just sit there and grito for, like, two minutes. Yeah, until they get saved. Like... By Pepita, my girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I would not grito if I found out I was with my grandpa this whole time. No. I'd, feel, I'd embrace him. Right. I'd freak and, out. I might cry a little bit. Hug him a lot. And but that's about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> Like, no. No. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I've never done that. I've, I've never, ever in my life done that whenever I was excited. You know whenever I've done that in my life? Whenever I used to perform La Bamba for old people. Me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. That's the only time. And also, like, also, we are both Hispanic backgrounds. Yes. So Raised yes. primarily Hispanic also. Yes. And we don't, we were never taught to grito for everything. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And sure, we're not full-blown Mexicans or full-blown Mexican-Americans, but, right. you know, we still have that culture in us. And, yeah. And, you know, it's just... When I started picking up on them gritoing for everything, I was offended. Yeah, same. I was like, that's not what we do. So, this is a topic that I talk about with a specific children's book, which I may or may not get into in this episode. It'll definitely add some runtime to this episode if I do. But that specific thing is honestly racist Mm -hmm. because what it does is it perpetuates a stereotype to a culture that's not an insider oh yeah i wrote it down yeah tori has a list of some of the things we're talking about so that's kind of the next thing so this will segue into that actually uh if you don't mind me moving on to that (laughs) um so i'm studying education for those who don't know (laughs) um i want to teach primarily english and one of the things that I've learned in many of my classes is if you, when you're using, not if, but when you're using books or media of some kind that represents a minority culture, which everyone should be doing, <laughs> um, it's very important to find things that are culturally relevant, which means that they have usually been written by an insider of the culture, so someone who actually belongs to the culture, is practicing in the culture, has lived in that culture their whole life, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, Written by an insider of the culture, has been researched, and is also verified by other people in that culture. So, and it's so frustrating too because Coco gets a lot of hype it sounds like, Mm -hmm. from Mexican-American people. But the thing about it, I think, is that we, as Mexican-Americans or Hispanics or Chicanos or whatever you want to call us, we, as Chicanos, are just so excited to be represented by someone like Disney Mm -hmm. that we're going to take whatever we can get. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. And that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Because then you also look at Book of Life. Did you ever watch the movie Book of Life? Yes. Book of Life is, it's not exactly the same plot, but there are definitely some similarities. But it's so much better done. Like, it's Mm -hmm. done so much better than Coco is. And it's one of those movies that I watched. And again, granted, I have not seen it as often as I've seen Coco. Same. So I don't know for sure if what I'm about to say is is accurate, but I've never noticed anything offensive in Book of Life, whereas I can pick up on a lot of offensive things in Coco. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it becomes one of those things where you're perpetuating a stereotype to a culture that is not the one being represented in the film, because let's be real. Like, we know that Coco was made for Hispanic representation because there hasn't been a major... Disney film with mm-hmm. Latino people. Yeah. But also, it was not made for Hispanics. No. It was made for the majority audience, which is middle to upper class white people yeah. and their children. Like, that's just the truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was not made for Hispanic people. And it's very obvious the more that you watch that movie. Because, again, much like the children's book thing, there's specific instances in which they throw in like Spanish words or like things that seem Mexican, mm-hmm. but are very obviously not accurate if you are part of the Mexican culture. But it seems Mexican enough that white people are satisfied. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, a perfect example is Spanglish is a real thing. Yeah. My mom and my, my tia Nora, who I just went to go visit recently... Yeah queens of spanglish you know what i'm saying but the way that actual accurate spanglish works which again it's not like a real language but the way that actual spanglish works is it's not just you throw in a spanish word every so often in a sentence and it's not spanish words that or if you do that let me backtrack because sometimes that does happen Mm -hmm. but if you do that it's not spanish words that everyone knows like the only times that my mom has ever like sprinkled a spanish word into a sentence is whenever she cannot remember the english word for Mm -hmm. what she's trying to say but that's not something like maestro or you know like musico like things that a lot of white people know exactly it's not words that a lot of white people know it's (laughs) it's words that there, it means something very specific in Spanish, mm-hmm. and it may not have a direct translation in English, or the translation may be hard to get to if you're trying to like decipher it in your head. So the first thing that comes out is the Spanish word, and then it's like, wait, what does that mean? And then you hear the person struggle to try to explain it, because they don't know what it is yes. in English. That's the only time that it's ever sprinkled in like that. Yeah. So the way that real Spanglish works typically is it's like full sentences in Spanish and then all of a sudden you're talking full sentences in English yes, and then yes, back yes. to Spanish, back to English, back yes. to Spanish. It's Or like you start a sentence in English and then you finish it in Spanish or vice versa. But it's never just like a word here and there. And no. what you see in Coco whenever it comes to this Spanglish, which again, I understand that the movie needs to be made in English, obviously. And But again, because the majority of the audience is white, the Spanish words that they include are words that most white people know. Yeah. And it's just every so often, you know, here and there. Just to include it. Exactly. Just to say that they spoke Spanish. Also, mm-hmm. there's a Spanish version of this movie. It's not even in Spanish. It's in English. Exactly. I was, Nothing's different. I There's one thing that I noticed. The only reason I noticed that I was on the Spanish edition 
was because there's a, a statue of Ernesto de la Cruz, and it, in English, in the original, it says, seize your moment. Mm-hmm. But it, when I was watching it, it said, viva tu momento. Right. And I was confused. Like, that's not what it is, so I pressed the O mm-hmm. button, and then it said Spanish version. They were talking, everything yeah. was the same. The audio's in English. I would have no, unless, if I didn't see that statue, I would have no idea. And that's frustrating, too, because, like, you have to think... There are Hispanic children who do not speak English that want to watch these films. And if you have it, and this is on Netflix, the Spanish version that's not Spanish, you know. And if you have these kids who are coming and trying to watch these movies on like Netflix or something like that, it's the only way that they can get to it. And then they can't understand it because it's still in English. I have a Spanish, well, I have The Lion King at my house and on DVD it says like El Rey Leon because mm-hmm. it's technically like the Spanish version of Lion King it has it has the English version but it also specifically has a Spanish version and it's all in Spanish oh, nice. whenever I was growing up I had a VHS tape of one of the Land Before Time videos all in Spanish Ooh. like it wasn't in English at all that's what a Spanish version is yeah. supposed to be so the fact that this Spanish quote unquote version is still conducted entirely in English, then the only thing that changes is the images, not the audio. That defeats the purpose yeah. of having a Spanish version. And also, I've, I have heard stories from people learning mm-hmm. English. Yes. Either watching movies, watching TV, yes. or reading newspapers. And if you're... How are they going to learn it if you don't give them comparison? Like, exactly. I would want to watch the Spanish... If I was trying to learn English, I'd watch the Spanish version of Coco and then watch the English version of Coco and compare. Well, it's the same thing. The reason that we went to watch the Spanish version that one time was because we're both trying to better our Spanish. Yes. So we know the English version well enough, because we've seen it enough times, yeah. that we wanted to watch the Spanish version to see if we still understood it. And then it was all yeah, in it was English. all in English. Besides that one statue. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's so annoying. So, yeah, there's a lot. And it, just, and it just irks me so much, the whole stereotype thing. Because you, because especially the movie was made by Mexican-American people. It was made by Hispanic people. Yeah. And they were okay with it. I know. Why? I, I hate. I do, too. Because, like, you have to realize that what you're doing is offensive. Yeah. Like, in the case of that children's book that I keep bringing up, that was written by a white woman mm-hmm. who is not Hispanic at all, has never really been in a Hispanic, like, place, you know what I'm saying? So, it makes sense that her, I mean, it's not right, but it makes sense that her book is stereotypical and yeah. racist. But when you have a major motion picture, a million dollar, millions of dollars motion picture made by Hispanic people who are approving these decisions, and it's still coming off as stereotypical and racist, that's a problem. Especially if it's made for the purpose of representation. That's a problem. Yeah. We love Coco. Oh, yeah, it's our favorite movie. It's our favorite movie. We stand Coco in this house. I almost spit water everywhere. (laughs) Alright, I could continue to go on about that. Let's do this one last, because that one's different, but you had mentioned that one of your friends, you told me. Yes, shout out to Ciara, because I know you listen. So this is from you. Thank you for this, yes. You mentioned the chancla coming up, Mm -hmm. 
and I'm going to let Angelica d- tell me that. Cause yeah, so I mentioned to Ciara that we were going to make this episode, and I was, she was like, well, wait, I love Coco. Like, what are some of your complaints? And I was like, and so I started giving her the list, and I talked about a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about and different things like that and went off on my tirade as I go and as, as I tend to do. And a couple of days later, she came up to me and she we were walking and talking as we do every Tuesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about, she was like, you know what? I rewatched Coco the other day and I saw some of the things you were talking about. She goes, another thing that I picked up on was the fact that the grandma throws her chancla everywhere all the time. Yes. And I was like, whoa, you're right. And now, again, if you're Hispanic, you know that the chancla's a real thing. Like, yeah. grandmas are quick to, even moms, you know, like, mm-hmm. adults are quick to take off that sandal and threaten oh. you with that thing. Or throw, she even told me, she was like, yeah, I mean, my grandma's thrown a shoe at my brother before, you know what I'm saying? Or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what she said. But it's something that happens. It's not abusive. Don't think it's abusive. That's not what mm-hmm. it is. It's literally spanking, except instead of with, like, a twig or your hand, you just use a flip-flop. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, or it's more of a warning. Like, if you yeah. throw it, you don't actually throw to hit the person. It's like you throw it at the wall near them so they know to act right. Right, to just graze them. Exactly. Like, it's never, it's not abusive. It's not with don't an intention. I'm going to give you a black eye with a shoe. Right, exactly. No, no, no. no. But it's something that's used in extreme cases, and it's something that's not used as often as this grandma does. And it's something that's not done to, like, strangers. It's very specifically oh, done yeah, 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 yeah. to... Usually, like, children. children. <laughs> your but own children. Children in your family, exactly. Your grandchildren or your children. Maybe a cousin, nephew, niece, but typically not you don't even movie. touch that. Not even a grown man stranger. That was, uh-uh. In that movie, I was like, yeah. are you for real? And there's a part where she runs out of the house, takes her chunk off, and she's throwing it at mariachis. Like, she's throwing it at yeah. grown adult people. Uh-huh. That singing. doesn't happen. They're singing in the street. Exactly. Granted, they don't like music, but... I, I thought that part was a little over the top. It was exactly over the that top. That she was running out of her house in the middle of the night. Yes. No music! To people who are not her family. Like, that are passing her house. Yes. Passing by. Like, literally, I understand. she only had to hear them for five minutes. I understand Me. not wanting your family to be involved. In, I mean, I really don't. But, like, for the sake of the plot, I will understand not wanting your family to be involved in music. But these are complete strangers that you have no attachment to. Like, yeah. why are you criticizing them for something that you have an issue with? Yeah. That makes no sense. I was actually watching the Cinema Sins. I watch Cinema Sins quite often. There's a Cinema Sins for Coco. It's everything wrong with Coco and like yeah. 15 minutes or something I was watching it on or I was listening to it on the way home today in the car and they mentioned something about the music thing too that I hadn't thought about which was um, they said in the video that like it doesn't make a lot of sense that Abuela would hate music when it was the music grandpa like the musical grandpa that was the problem like I understand like he was like I understand hating the grandpa the one that left mm-hmm but there's but music wasn't what caused the problem. It was the person. Yeah. Not the object. Yeah. So there's no point in banning music from the family and from the whole house. Like, just raise your kids to be better, essentially. Like, you can still have that drive and that desire for music. Just raise them to not be jerks who walk out on their families. Because that's the issue. That was the issue. Still a occurring issue. I mean... You right. If you want the real tea. Oh, man. We could do a whole episode on that. Mm-hmm. Not gonna, because... That's a little too personal. Yeah. But... No tea, no shade, just facts. Sorry. But, yeah, but... Sorry. So, yeah. 
that. <sighs> never understood it. I still don't understand it. And Me either. I just... Especially... Never mind. No, tell me. I was just going to say, just coming from me as the type of person I am and what I see, I don't really see people going up to strangers and voicing their opinions about no music, but also there are people that judge you based on your race and stuff, and they will say things, so... (sighs) Sadly, freedom of speech sometimes includes hate speech. It's not supposed to, but it does. Yeah. And... So then our last bullet of Coco was an opinion. At least that we have written down. Yeah, that we have <laughs> Who knows down. what might come up later as we continue I talking. I know I had a drunken rant the she first did. time I had this talk t- with Angelica before this podcast was even a twinkle in our eyes. Yeah. I had a drunken rant about why I hate Coco. And, and she went off. I'm sure there were more points that I'm Oh, forgetting. probably. We'll come. We'll figure it out. Maybe I'll get drunk enough and... There you go. We'll make a part two. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but anyway, last bullet point that we have written. That there are... Angelica didn't really like the yeah. ending... Not the ending. The way that there are two deaths mm-hmm. in Coco. So basically, in Coco, they ce- they're celebrating Dia de los Muertos, and they do all those ceremonies and stuff. And then, so Miguel kind of dies because he stole from the dead, but not really died. And so he's there in the afterlife, and he gets to see all of his family. But later on in the movie, <laughs> you see Hector's friend is dying. Chicharron. one. That was his name? I think so. <laughs> and it's because all of his living family members that remember him are dying or dead. Or forgot him. Yes, or forgot him. And so, yeah, he, it was, they call it the final death. So technically there's two deaths. And I... I mean, I kind of, I get it, just because I don't know where I heard this from. I want to say it was from Kitty. Okay. He said one time that, I'm going to paraphrase, quote something. Um, people say you have two deaths, the time you die, and then the last time someone says your name. Oh. And that's kind of what I think of when I see this. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I guess. My okay. The thing about this is definitely more of like kind of a personal opinion based thing. This is not of the things we talk about. This one is like the least researched. It's yes. definitely a very personal opinion yes. that I have. So you can take this or leave this, yeah, listeners. Take it with a grain of salt. Yes, exactly. The thing that I think bothers me the most about it is if you're going to have if you're going to have the idea of an afterlife, an established afterlife which is this whole land of the dead thing. I don't understand why that is not permanent. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you already have an afterlife in question, why would there be more afterlife? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then it kind of negates the whole purpose, because if you're in the land of the dead, which is this afterlife, which Mm -hmm. is if, if, again, this is coming from me who has a religious background, who views the afterlife as kind of like your soul living an eternal life. Yes. Somehow, you know what I'm saying? And you and that can be in many different forms, you know, like that can be in the idea of heaven, hell, and purgatory. That can be in the idea of reincarnation. That can be in the idea of like Buddhism to the stages of nirvana, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That doesn't necessarily have to be a heaven and hell type thing. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a purely Christian thing, but the idea of an afterlife being your soul, having an eternal rest somewhere, yeah, kind of goes along across quite a few religions, global religions. So, 
What I don't understand, again, is if your soul is supposed to have this eternal rest in this land of the dead, or at least this some kind of eternal life in this land of the dead, why then would your soul die again? Like, that disappearance, that final death into nothingness, essentially, because they never bring up what happens after the final death. You just kind of force ghost yourself away, like yeah. disintegrate like Yoda. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like in Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just dust away. Um, that happening negates the whole point of having an afterlife in the first place. Because if you're not going to have an eternal life after you die, and wait, like if your soul is not going to continue to live on eternally, then there shouldn't even be an in-between. It should yeah. be just death and then nothing. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So the fact that there's death, this world, and then nothing after that, that makes this world it, void. I it makes like, it ridiculous. I feel like hearing you explain that, I feel like it's kind of... You, so you're living, and mm-hmm. then you're basically undead. Right. And then you're... Got, so Then you're, like, you, really dead. Then like, you're really dead. So why do, you, why do you have to have two lives? Exactly. So I get that. Like, I'd either, I'd either want to live forever, like right. religion says, or I'd rather just disappear into nothing as right. who knows what happens, actually. Yeah, exactly. And, it, cause it, and just having both... It yeah. doesn't make any sense. No. And then also, again, kind of going back to the CinemaSins thing, because they brought up a very good point about that final death specifically. They were talking about how the fact that like this final death happens whenever like no one remembers you anymore, that singles out people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, think about, think about people like me who's an only child. Yeah. Like, my parents are most likely going to die before I do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if I don't have a lot of friends, and I already don't have any siblings, and if I never have children, then my final death would happen like that. Yeah. Like, we're talking five to ten years after I die. Yeah. Because if, like, all of my friends, who are relatively close to my age, you know what I'm saying, they're the last people to remember me if I don't have children or siblings. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I have some cousins who maybe could keep my memory alive for a little bit longer, but... It's still not, like... 30 years. Right, exactly. No, we're looking at not like my my cousin that is the youngest. There's a 19 year difference between us. Wow. I think, well, he's a little older than Oliver. Oh, got it, got it, got it. There's about a 19 year difference between us. So that's the longest I have. And that's if he remembers me. Like if I were to die tomorrow or something. Mm hmm. He's two right now. I don't know if he remembers me at all. Like, I could go see him tomorrow. He might not know who I am. Yeah. Because I don't see him all that often. So, like, you know what I'm saying? So, in the longest that I would have in this afterlife with this memory thing is 19 years. Yeah. Because we have Oliver and we have my cousin. Yeah. Essentially. But that's the longest I got. If we take that away, if for some reason, like, they just forget about me completely... We're looking at 14 years at the longest, and then after that, we're looking at five years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not... A lot. That's not an eternal life no. in any way. That's not... That's hardly an afterlife. I'll kind of get there, and then I disappear. Yeah. And that, that sucks. That doesn't make any sense. And there's plenty of people... Like, again, it's kind of a minority, and they brought this up in the video, too, that it is a minority... But there's plenty of people that are only children. There are plenty of people who don't have a lot of friends or who don't have a lot of living family. There are plenty of people who don't have children. 
So like what? They just get the short end of the stick here and just get to disappear before everybody else? Like that doesn't that's very unfair and yeah. seems very wrong to yeah. me. <laughs> Especially if you're perpetuating this idea of some kind of like a paradise. Yeah. Like you get to taste it and then Especially into nothing. Seeing the yeah. underworld, it looks amazing. Yes. And if you only get a limited amount of time, I'd be mad. That's torturous. Yeah. In all honesty. That's like what my person like my actual idea of hell is like. Cause one of the things that this is kind of off topic. But like me and my dad talk about religion a lot. Um, but one of the things that we've always talked about is like, oh, well, what do you think heaven and hell is like? The thing that we've kind of decided, well, I mean, whatever. The thing that I like that we've talked about in regards to hell is like seeing paradise and never being able to get there. Yeah. So like the, so in my mind, hell is like you can see heaven and you can see God, but you will never get there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's torture. That's yeah. endless torture. Yeah. And that's kind of how this is. If you put it in relation to this whole Coco thing, and you're, you're right, like the underworld looks amazing. Mm -hmm. You're surrounded by all of your ancestors, everyone that you've known, and even family that you never got to meet. You know what I'm saying? You're surrounded by them. You don't have to worry about like eating or going to the bathroom or anything like that. They mention that in the yeah, movie. You know, and you get to like travel around this beautifully constructed world and stay there, whatever. If I only get that for five years or less depending like yeah that's hell for me and that's awful and that's terrible for other people in that kind of situation because it happens or again if you have a situation kind of like Hector where like people are purposefully not I was remembering him that. or purposefully not putting him on the altar yeah it's just torture to see when you're gonna go exactly because you know yeah you're gonna go yeah literally if if this movie never happened, literally, like, if Miguel never took the guitar, mm -hmm. Hector would have died in... Immediately. The yes, in the next day. Yes. So, it's just... He, he probably... And he, and he knew. knew. He, he knew. knew. That's why he was so dead set on trying to get to the world that night. Like, he needed someone to take his picture to And to he just Ayo carries Frenda. his picture with himself. Mm -hmm. Pic he carries his picture... Of himself. Of with himself. Him. Yeah. With him, yeah. Just, but he knew that was his last Dia de los Muertos. He knew. Yeah. That's why it was such a high stake for him to get to the land of the yeah. living. Because he wanted to see his daughter one last time before he died. And he knew it was happening. Mm -hmm. And that's messed up. Yeah. I have more colorful language for that. But I'm trying to keep this a family show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's awful. Yeah. And then I you just have to it. think about people who don't have anyone left. Yeah. And that's terrible. What if you get like a day? What if it? What if the only person you have left to remember you remember you is your spouse? You're both in your like nineties. You die and they die a week later. That's it. You're both done. Yeah. You're done. That's it. And that's awful. I hate it. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a personal opinion. Yeah. But that is very aggravating to me. That's a plot. That's a plot point in the movie that I don't like. That I think, and I think it just could have been written better too. It's kind of a cop out, also. Yeah. Because they want to make the plot more interesting, they want to raise the stakes, so it's more important that Hector like can get to the land of the living because like he's gonna disappear. But like, you could have written something different 
that also raised the stakes that high. Yeah. That wasn't that. Because it just seems, it seems sloppy. You could have taken it out and it'd still be good. Exactly. It'd probably be a little bit better. Honestly, it'd be a little bit better. Yeah. Because again, it's one of those things like, Mama Coco's still gonna die soon. Yeah. And even if he never did that like final death disappearance thing, they only get to go to the land of living one night a year. So regardless, this is the last night that he can ever see his daughter alive again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, ever. Because she's she gone. <laughs> she's <laughs> going to be gone before the next year. And then also, too, like, there's no security in the fact that whenever she dies, she will remember who he is and find him. Yeah. Or, like, Imelda, she knows Hector. Like, she sees him all the time and avoids him on purpose in the afterlife. Yeah. Like, refuses to go near him and talk to him. What if the same thing happens with Coco whenever she dies? Like, what if Imelda is like, come on, like, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. takes her back under her wing and forces her away from Hector no matter what. That's true. Like, there's no security. Mm-hmm. So, again, the stakes are still as high, but this is without a bad plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> I will give Coco one thing though. The music. Oh my god! Is amazing. I the music love. is very well done. Yeah, the music. All is of the music. Good. The music is great. That is one thing that I will. Every song in it. There's not a song in there that I don't. Like. I know. I. I love the Yorona song. I want to Same. learn. I want to literally learn the Yorona song and perform it somewhere. Like I love it. It's beautiful. And, like, all of the music is like that. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. That, yes, that's, the music, 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Everything else? <laughs> <laughs> Not so good. <sighs> what a heavy topic. I know. It's a lot. Yeah. And we're about to talk more. more. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're still here with us. Mm-hmm. We're switching gears a little bit. Just, just take a sip of water, take a sip of wine, whatever you need. Amen. That's what I need. I know, I feel. <laughs> me too. Give me another jello shot. <laughs> Do you want me to? Low key. <laughs> I need to get more water anyway. My throat is dry. So we'll take a little break, put in some type of music or something. This is our intermission. Mm-hmm. Pet cheetah. Pet, Pet cheetah. cheetah. <laughs> We just had an intermission. We went and listened to Trench by 21 Pilots. Real quick. The album that <laughs> just came out. So. Real quick. It came out October 5th-ish, right at midnight. It's so good, guys. It's so good. <laughs> if you have a chance to listen to it, listen to it. It should be on Spotify. I it know it's be on everywhere. Apple. Yeah. It should be available anywhere that you can listen to music. So check it out. Please. It's really good. It's honestly really good. I yeah, not sponsored, but yeah, not sponsored. We just Tyler really, Joseph, if you're listening, if you're listening, <laughs> hello. We really love you. Please come on our podcast. Hi, Key Camila Cabello, if you're listening. Yeah, you retweeted me. I re I tweeted at her. Hey, Camila Cabello, can you can you come to San Antonio so you can be on my podcast and so I can learn how to dance the sangria wine? And she retweeted me. <laughs> That's actually really cool. That's a very starstruck moment. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for you. So I like, want her too. So Camilla, <laughs> hello. So at excited. her after this episode with the link. Like, yes. Hey, girl. <laughs> we mentioned you. Remember how I talked? How I tweeted at you? Yeah. Remember how you yeah. retweeted me? Yeah. <laughs> You're in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. <laughs> 
so glad I can't talk. <laughs> what year is it? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, now, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Moana. Moana. Make way, make way. <laughs> we can sing every word to every song in that movie. We watch it every single day. Every day. Sometimes twice a day, too. So. Yeah. It's just Oliver's really into it. We listen to it on the way to the babysitter at six in the morning. We sure do. We je- we're tired. We're dead tired <laughs> in the car, and we're literally sitting there going, uh, "There's a line where the sky meets the sea, and it calls me all off key, all sleepy, <laughs> all mad because we have to be out of the house by seven. <laughs> but we we jam. We walk out. Fun fact, I was listening to just, because I have the Moana soundtrack in my music in case I ever have Oliver in the car alone, because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that gets him to calm down sometimes. Yeah. So, but I have all of my music on shuffle whenever I listen to it, and the other day, I was on my way to a student, and Shiny came on in my car, and I definitely did not change it, <laughs> and I definitely sang very intensely the whole song, and I was like, I could do a cover to this, and then I realized that I needed to reevaluate my life. <laughs> And make better choices. <laughs> and then my parents were here last weekend. Dying, sorry. And we started singing it. And yeah. they looked at us like we were insane. But then your mom joined in. I know. I love her so much. She started dancing. Hi, Mom. Hello. I'm so excited for you to listen Thank to you this Thank you for episode. joining us <laughs> in our dancing. So... Same. It's fine. My dad's still texting me. It's fine. Um, so anyway, with Moana, here's the tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's we, not just piping, just so y'all know. No, but here's the real tea in comparison to Moana and Coco. We have seen Moana as many times as we've seen Coco and then some. Yeah. So the fact that we do not have near as many complaints, if any complaints, about Moana, especially in the terms of racism, stereotypes, and cultural relevancy, should say something. You know what I'm saying? Like, we watch Moana, like I said, it is on in this house at least once a day. It is on every single day. I cannot remember a day in which it has not been on. I'll bet you anything it was on while I wasn't here today at work. It was on at our last podcast. Yeah, you could hear it in the background. <laughs> like, three-fourths of the time when we're recording, if Oliver's awake, Moana is on. Yeah. <laughs> it was on in our first podcast, too. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's on all the time. And the fact that the only complaints that we have are personal opinions about specific plot things. And one something. Yeah, and like like song and plot. Yeah. But nothing that has to do with like it being a problematic film, a racist film, anything like that. That's very telling. Yeah. It's widely telling. And also, it's not even just us. You Mm-mm. had mentioned to me that you saw something on Tumblr where everybody loved it yes. because they thought it was very inclusive. They had nothing else negative yeah. to say about it. Yeah. And it was very interesting because that post started with Someone was trying to say that it was like, I don't know, something about Maui being like oh, that he was, a problematic that. character, yeah, like he an was like anti-feminist or, or something. something. Yeah, some whole thing. 
And then they were like, oh my god, yeah, it's such a good like feminist move, whatever. And then someone from the actual culture, which I don't know the exact culture that's being represented in Moana. I don't want to say Polynesian as like a blanket term because I don't think that's technically correct. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. if I were to use a blanket term, I guess like Pacific Islander, um, Hawaiian, whatever. Hawaiian. But I don't know the specific culture, you know what I'm saying? Um, whereas Coco, it's inherently Mexican. It takes place in Mexico. Yeah. Anyway, but with Moana, someone from that direct culture corrected the person was like, actually like three or four people from the direct culture were like no like that is not true at all like if you actually look at how uh, how maui is represented in the mythology and how they represent him in the movie it's exact like it's perfect and they were saying how well done maui's character was in the film yeah and that the the sexist view that the original post had was because it was a whitewashed view. Do you okay. remember that? Yeah. I'm going to pull it up. Please do. <laughs> I was I was hoping that you would. I would, but I'm worried that it'll stop the recording it if I try. It probably will. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll read that post in a little bit. But first, let's talk about our own. The, I can scroll if you need me to because it was a while back. No, that's fine. Okay. Um, so, let's talk about <coughs> our own minor grievances with Moana, but also just the kudos that we have for Moana, too. I'll let you start. Well, if I'm going to start, I'm going to go to just really the main complaint that mm-hmm. I think I have, which is the last song, or second to last song. Yeah. So, the exposition song? I don't know. <laughs> the one that I call the exposition song? Sure. The one with the grandma on the raft? Or the no. one with... Oh, then I have two. Okay, yeah. so we'll start with that one. Okay. So I, I have two songs I don't like. Same. So we have the same songs that we don't like. <laughs> yeah. So the Grandma on the Raft song, I am not a fan of. Mm-hmm. You could literally take that part out of the movie and it would make perfect sense. Yeah, nothing it's, would change. She, all the lyrics are literally everything you've learned throughout the movie. I am Moana. I am descended from Voyagers. Mm-hmm. You know, like we know. We yeah. Saw, we saw this for That's an cool. hour. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Every time it comes on, I'm like, oh, great, the exposition song. <laughs> yeah. Because that's all that it is. It's retelling literally all of the information that we've just watched. Yeah. And this is at the end of the movie, too. Like, <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like the second to the last song or the third to the last song. And it's a there's, <laughs> there's no reason that we need to reiterate this information. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, like, it would be different if it was something that, like, the character was figuring out for the first time. But also, it's something that Moana herself has definitely been struggling with, but she's always kind of known it. Yeah. Like, this isn't some revelation to her. Like, this is something that she's thought about, then doubted, then thought about, then doubted, but, like, she's not thinking about it for the first time. So, like, there's no point. There's no point to that song. And I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. Do not get me wrong. He's the one who did all the music for Moana. Gotcha. Okay. But he's also the one that did, like, Hamilton and In the Heights. And okay. you know how much I love In the Heights, mm-hmm. that musical. So I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. I have no... Well, I have some complaints. But <laughs> <laughs> specifically for this, I have no complaints with him, whatever. But, like, come on, man. Yeah. You didn't need to write that song. No, it just you just needed a filler. Yeah. That's all it is. Because you can legitimately take it out and it yeah. still makes sense. Exactly. And then the movie's like five minutes shorter, which yeah. is kind of so, not necessarily more a bad thing. So, I mean, if you take that out, literally, they have an encounter with Taka. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out. They get blown back. Right. Maui can fly away. Right. 
And then maybe even keep seeing grandma. Don't make it a song, but yeah. like keep seeing grandma's ghost or whatever. Just like a little hope. Yeah, like have it be a dialogue. Don't necessarily yeah. have it be a song. And have the dialogue be relevant. Don't let yeah. it be just exposition. Yeah. And then you move forward, yeah. and it's fine. And then we go back, okay, we got to try again. Yeah. And she, she, Grandma could just be like, hey, if you really want to keep going, all right, keep Fix going. Fix your boat. I'll yeah. I'll with you. Yeah. If not, we'll go home. Exactly. And then, obviously, she, she'll decide to go, keep going, fix a boat, and then... Right. And then she'll just sail on her way. And who knows? Maybe she'll have a moment of, no, I should just go home. Like, I wasn't meant to be here in the first place. And then Grandma's like, okay. And then she's like, and then, because it's kind of like at the beginning, too. Do you remember whenever she was, um, oh, I don't remember the exact part, but something happens and then Grandma's. that's what you wanted. Yeah. And then Grandma's just like, okay. And then she's like, wait. Like, is there. It's time to put my stone on the mountain. Yeah. And Grandma's like, okay. And then she was like. Do Why you, you not think that it's yeah? Do you not think that it's time or whatever? Like I don't know the exact lines in. There. I do. I know you do. Um, but it's like Why are you that, talking me out of it. That could that could have happened again with the boat <coughs> thing. Like she's like you know like you can either keep pushing forward or we can go home. She's like no I should probably go home. And then grandma's like okay. And then she's like wait. Hold up. <laughs> Why are you why are you agreeing with me so mm-hmm. readily? And then she has that moment of no I need to keep persevering and pushing forward. But then the other song, the, the other song, though, it's not necessarily a complaint with the song itself. It's more of a complaint of where it's placed. Yeah. Because we've talked about that mm-hmm. specifically. So, go ahead. It's the ending, second to last song. Yeah. The, I have crossed the horizon yes. to find so you. So, Moana somehow figures out that she, she sees can, the swan. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, she... Uh, what is Tafiti's gone? Oh yeah, yeah. She turns to Jakar and is like, "Hey, the spiral." It so matches. yeah, it matches. So she decides that. Thank you. She, you're welcome. She decides that she will. You just gotta keep going. Okay. I don't know where I am. Oh okay. Um. She decides that she's gonna restore the heart of Tafiti into Takah, and. She's, she tells the ocean to split the water so Taka can come to her, and they start walking to each other, and there's a song that comes on, and there's, like, melody in the background, mm-hmm. and the melody's fine. If you take out the words, the melody is fine. Yes. It would have been, I thought, I think it'd be nice. And it's because, like, the scene is animated in slow motion, too, and the, the beat of the song is... None. quicker than yeah. the actual like motion so it's one of those things if she had kept if you had moved the song to just once she was right in front of Tekka mm-hmm. versus as she's walking it would be perfect yeah but because that's while she's slow motion walking but singing at this faster pace it just doesn't work as well yeah I don't I don't know about you or, or anyone else but I personally don't walk super slow no and sing in a fast-paced song usually your your feet keep tempo of the song exactly exactly and so it doesn't make a lot i mean obviously there's going to be a disconnect too because it's not like the character that's being animated is it's not like in a live action movie you know what i'm saying like where you're kind of singing as you're doing the film yeah because your body naturally does it. Like, obviously, there's a disconnect between yeah. someone's in a studio recording lyrics and dialogue, and then someone else is doing the animation. So there's going to be a disconnect no matter what. But it's too much. It's, it's too jarring. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to find that post. I know. You said a lot of posts. You went 
too far for one. Oh, well. Because you went all the way to June, and I definitely oh. sent it to you much more. Much I, I, I thought I went to August. Mm-mm. You were already up in June. Whatever. I'm trying to find, because I remember I sent you a post, or I sent you a message where I was like, I know this is long, but I really want you to read it mm-hmm. along with it. So that's what I'm, that's the message that I'm looking for, because gotcha. I know it should be like right there. Um, the, the also, this isn't even like <laughs> anything really to do with the movie. It's like a adjacent to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do not agree with Moana in the fact that coconut water is sweet. No, oh God, it's so much. <laughs> the lyric is, Moana <coughs> sweets are the, consider the coconut the, the what? Consider its trees. The island coconut is all we need. We make our nets from the fibers. The water's sweet inside. No, it's not. Very much not. You've never had a coconut if you think that it's sweet. The milk? Okay. The water? No, ma'am. The milk is fine. I can drink. I don't like milk, but I can drink coconut milk, almond milk. Yeah. I cannot drink coconut water. Mm-mm. I try. We got one. You got me one. Cause I, I did. Was like, hey, I've never had one. And then I recently tried it, and this one. it was not good. I threw it all away, and I tweeted. I know I put on Tumblr. I said, sorry, Moana, but the co- the water is not sweet inside. <laughs> I'm not a fan. So I found the post. Yeah. I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay. So the original post, let me see. Where's the source? Because I want to give proper credit. So it's not telling me. Okay, well basically... Just use their handle. Yeah, it's from a Tumblr post. I'm reading this, like I said, verbatim. I got it off of an account. I reblogged it off of an account called Zemiophobia. They're not the source of the post, but... Mm -hmm. There's so many people that added to it. I don't know. want to like <laughs> name drop everybody, but I'm for sure reading this verbatim. So it begins with the part that we just talked about, where she takes the heart and she's walking the slow motion, singing the song. Yeah. And it says, "I still think Moana deserved an Oscar for this part," which is true. It's very. It is well done. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful seeing. Again, we could change the song to "Once She Gets to Taka," but if you're looking at the actual animation and everything, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Um. And so then a user named I Want Cheese says, To me, the moral of Moana is that only women can help other women heal from male violence. The movie starts with the idea that the male god who wronged Tefiti must be the one to heal her. This seems to make a certain sort of intuitive sense, and that I think we all believe that if you do something wrong, you should try to make it right. But how does he try to right it? Through more violence. Of course that failed. It was only when another woman, Moana, saw past the demon of earth and fire that the traumatized Tefiti had become, what a good metaphor for trauma, right? Mm -hmm. And met her with love instead of violence that she was able to heal. Note that they do the the forehead press before Moana restores the heart, while Tefiti is still Taka. Hello, Bucky. (laughs) Uh, Moana doesn't wait for her beautiful island goddess to appear in all her green splendor before greeting and treating her as someone deserving of love. Moana is only available to restore the heart because Taka reveals her vulnerability and, Mo- and allows Moana to touch her there. Um, Mo- Maui and his male violence can only ever have resulted in more ruin. So then someone named Visibility of Color says, this is a touching analysis, but it's extremely racist. And not only have you completely in- ignored the whole point of Maui's character, but have managed to incriminate a man of color on a Tumblr-wide scale. 
First of all, Maui's character does not represent male violence. It represents human greed. Maui did not take the heart because he is a man and Tafiti is a woman. He took it because the humans asked him to. The humans asked Maui to do everything for them, not caring how greedy or selfish their requests were. And in the end, it was Maui who suffered for it. Maui is supposed to show the flaw of humanity. This has nothing to do with sexism. It has everything to do with the fact that Maui gave and gave to the humans who could never stop being greedy. Moana giving the heart back wasn't supposed to be her making up for the male violence that Maui represents. It was her making up for the greed that she and her people represent. It was touching, however, because yes, it is an important moment between two women, but you miss the point and you've come off as racist and very disrespectful to a culture at that. Yes, Moana is an empowering movie for women, especially women of color. I 100% agree with that. Um, but the last thing this is about is Maui being an abuser slash rapist or whatever. <coughs> that is not the point to Maui's character. To assume so is racist. You are a white woman completely dehumanizing a man of color and ruining his image because of how you see him. And other white girls here on Tumblr have happily picked up on the image and interpretation and rolled with it. Maui's character is now seen in as, a, as an abuser or as someone who is violent because of white girls here on Tumblr, which is, which it doesn't surprise me. In a, in a historical context, this is even more racist because white women could always make Maui's people out to be savages and abusers, etc., simply because of the color of their skin and their culture. So yeah, this is bad. Um, you see the morality of the movie however you want, but do not be disrespectful towards a character, and in this case, a culture. Uh, I want... At I want cheese, please don't write this off as another butthurt comment or male guilt because this is really messed up. I see how you're brushing off some other people's comments and I honestly hope you don't see mine and make the same way, whatever. Um, so real quick before I continue reading, as someone who's not part of this specific culture, whenever I first read I want cheese as a count, I was like, whoa, like mm -hmm. that's interesting. Like that makes a lot of sense. So... That's problematic. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Coco with being the whole, like, culturally relevant thing. Like, this is a person who's a cultural outsider mm -hmm. making... Which, I'm not saying that people shouldn't make interpretations of things. As a literature scholar and, like, someone who studies English, my whole career is based... Well, not my teaching career, but, like, my English career is based around making interpretations of things and putting, like, my perspective on the things that I read and the things that I watch, of course... But also, you have to go in with facts. Yeah. That's why everything in English is very research-based. That's why you look up multiple sources before you write a paper. You don't just write a paper. You know what I'm saying? I can make an interpretation of something that could be completely wrong. It's still my interpretation, but if it's harmful, it's wrong. Yeah. And you only find that out through proper research. So it's obvious that I Want Cheese did not research as she should have before posting, you know, and that's where it becomes problematic. And then it goes back into perpetuating stereotype and perpetuating a culture in a way that's not accurate. So then Geek Bates says, thank you for this visibility of, cover, of color. As a Polynesian woman, reading that post and other replies painting Maui and then Tui, who's Moana's dad, as aggressive and violent men had me feeling some type of way, especially since white people have always regarded Polynesian men in such a manner. Um, I thought about replying because I'm tired of seeing these kind of Moana's a feminist movie posts collect hundreds of notes despite the fact that these posts always conveniently fail to mention Pacifica people and it always stresses me out so thank you. As an aside Maui taking Tafiti's heart and Moana restoring it is symbolic of environmental pres pres blah, 
preservation. <laughs> because of the people who inspired Moana, Pacifica people, not just Polynesian, are always affected first when the environment is threatened. Mm -hmm. Our way of life is greatly influenced by the ocean, and we believe that if you take care of the ocean, she will take care of you. So that's a very interesting thing. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit. There's some other insights on this post, but what I really want to get to is by Brunhidden's Musings, Brunhidden's Musings, um, in which they break down the mythology of mm -hmm. Maui yeah. and compare it to how it's represented in the movie. So that's what I'm reading right now. It's long. Bear with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's a really good post, and so I want to get out there. Um, the portrayal of Maui is super important here, and the Disney crew put a lot of effort into getting him right because he is a crucial figure to an entire culture. Basically a cross between a central religious figure and Superman, so handling him poorly would be catastrophically disrespectful. Okay? There are basically only two parts of Maui's legend that they flub. They only tell half of the story when he's abandoned as a baby, and they skip over that stealing the heart of Tefiti was so he could give it to humanity. Oh, where in the legend, he dies by doing that. So he doesn't survive after taking the heart, he dies. Yes, canon cannot, oh, la, la, I can't talk anymore, it's so late. <laughs> yes, canonically, Maui dies in his quest to give gifts to humanity. It is an important element of why Maui is such a profound character and not just man who hurts someone, straw man, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, it gets worse when you discover the other legend they fudged, the story of his birth, that reinforces this. Maui's mother had several, Hawaiians only say three, New Zealand says five, had several sons, all named Maui. So when she had another son, she named him Maui as well, but then cast him into the sea, for there was no way she could support another son. The gods did not save Maui, as Moana says. Instead, they return him to his mother and say she must give him a chance. To which his mother states that for her to take care of this infant, um, he must remove the roof from her house by throwing spears at it. So a baby, a mm -hmm. freshly born baby, okay? This is a story of Maui the successful, abandoned as an infant and then immediately told that he must prove his worth, after which all he does is prove his worth for like the rest of his life. His brothers mocked him for being a poor fisherman. He crafts a fish hook from a jawbone and proceeds to raise new islands from the sea. The sky is so low, the trees bend. Maui raises it for everyone, then fills the new sky with wind. The sun flies so quickly there is not enough time in the day to do the labors for everyone. Maui has to lay traps for each of the sun's many feet, chase after it is slowed, and then threaten to chop off its legs if it will not slow down. He then, due to the complaints of the now longer dark night, creates a moon and is upset his creation will not please humanity for it does not give sufficient light, then shows it to the sun so that it may, so that it may learn how to be bright. Maui is credited with having invented uh, gifts to, to humanity such as the outrigger canoe, stone tools, and seaworthy boats that had no master sails. He was credited with inventing tattoos as a gift to dogs. Um, however, how, oh, however, humanity is still not content, so Maui descends to the land of the dead to ask the secret of creating fire from the grandmother who kept it hidden in her fingernails. He dropped the fingernail in the water as he tried to return to the land of the living, came back for another, dropped it as well, went through all ten fingers and toenails until he had to then interrogate birds the grandmother had shared the secret with him, um, 
And so then a monstrous eel tried to put the moves on his wife. And again, Maui had to prove his worth to reclaim her by breaking the eel's spine, shoving him into the ground to create the first coconut tree, the single most useful thing for Polynesian life as a gift to humanity yet again. Maui as a mythological figure did nothing but give from the day he was born. He gave human tools, land, fire, boats, light, and wind, uh, everything except life itself. And he had even tried to give them that and it killed him. He was bitten in two. A crucial part of Maui's legend is that he failed. It's literally the point. Also that he was driven to prove himself endlessly to the ungrateful. Uh, do not try and drag Maui. It's disrespectful on a level I can't express. Um, thank the man. Moana succeeded where he failed for she saw that she did not have to prove herself, which is very important because that's kind of like a theme in the movie, right? The whole movie up until then is she was trying to put on a brave face. There was literally a cut song called Warrior Face where Maui teaches her haka. Um, shout her courage, announce to the world at large that she will do the thing and fix the world and be the hero just like Maui. It's easy to miss, but she stopped trying to prove who she was to anyone. There was nobody she needed to prove herself to. She was just herself, and that's what brought her peace. So that's basically the end of the post. Um, thank you to all of the people who... <laughs> Input. Yeah, who wrote that and who commented. It's a really beautiful post, and it's one of my favorites. But I know I talked for a long time. I'm sorry if that was really long-winded. <laughs> you may need to listen to it a couple times. I'm sorry for the words that I flubbed. But I think that's very crucial to the film, especially when we're going back to talking about Coco 2. The fact that the creators of Moana went to so much work to specifically make Maui as accurate as possible while still making it family friendly, you know, but like they didn't let him die, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And they only told like half the story, which makes sense because this is for children. Yeah. You don't want to freak them out. Um, but to go to that much work, to that much strenuous work to make sure that he was accurate, culturally relevant, you know, like fit the mythology but then you have Coco where you have Hispanic people working on the movie and they didn't put in the same amount of effort at all like yeah. it's horribly racist like yeah you know they just dropped the ball yeah they yeah they did and I know plenty of Hispanic people who love Coco but also love it's like you watch it like once or twice and you love it I loved it the first couple times I watched it yeah same it takes a while for you to pick up on things. And again, it's one of those things, too, that, like, if you're not Hispanic, you're probably going to love it forever. Yeah. You know? And if you're not I don't into... know if that's a problem. <laughs> I but just something to think about. Yeah, if you're not in any way associated with these um, cultures, then right. you're probably never gonna know the truth right exactly and we're not pacifica people obviously like no but the fact that even we see moana as better done and more accurate even before we read that post yeah like even before way before that we were would we would compare them and be like well yeah. this one's so good especially because you never hear like complaints about moana being inaccurate mm -hmm. 
you know we don't really hear complaints about Coco being inaccurate but as people of that culture we can see the inaccuracies yes. whereas with Moana we only can rely on outside sources because we don't know as insiders so the fact that you never hear complaints from anyone and then also the fact that it led us to ask questions about the culture because remember we were talking in the car one time Oh yeah. Oliver wasn't even with us and we were, and we were talking in the car about well how does the line of chiefs work in yeah. Moana, in that culture like how does that work in Moana like you know like we were asking these questions that we were interested in about yeah. the culture and wanting to learn more yeah it's just it's good it's, it was they especially the way they <clears throat> especially the way they um they set the movie like going back with how the chiefs is mm-hmm. because the way that it shows like you would just you would think it'd be family, but, you know, it just... Right, but you don't just, know. Especially given the fact that they were voyagers and wanderers, yeah. like... We were like, how do they... Do they leave where they are, mm-hmm. and then somebody else is the chief? How do they... Do they leave some people behind on the island while the rest of the people go out? Like, yeah, we don't know. We did, also didn't research, so we don't know the answers. <laughs> yeah, if you know the answers, please let us know, because we do want to know. Yeah, we do. Um... We just haven't put in the actual research ourselves we're yet. We're very busy. We are. We really are. Definitely neglecting a little bit of homework to record this right now, so... It's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it's just... It's a so much... It's such a it's such a good movie. It's it really a much is. better movie. I, I would much rather watch Moana every day than Coco. Coco, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. No. I couldn't do it. I, I usually try to make my go-to just Nightmare Before Christmas. But right. I, but I hate the process of pressing the start button and then waiting for the pop-up menu and then pressing yeah, the pop-up menu Yeah, because you have it on DVD. Times. Yeah, it, they took it off Netflix. Thank you, right. Netflix. At uh, Netflix. <laughs> so that's a little harder, but I, whenever I don't want to wait to put on Nightmare Before Christmas, it's always Moana. Right. Or Friends. Yeah. Oliver likes Friends, but if it's a movie, it's Moana. Moana. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's good. It's one I can listen to over and over again. And Same. I mean, I, we listen to the music... On our own time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without Oliver around, so. Yeah, they just, oh, they're good songs. They are. It's just good music. I really love. <laughs> I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like I said earlier, like, he just writes good music. Where we are and uh, how far I go. We sing that all the time. And shining. <laughs> Tomatoy hasn't always been this great. <laughs> Was a dread little crab once. <laughs> <laughs> they're good songs. They are. That one's one of my favorites just because it's so Tim Curry-esque. Like, it reminds me so much of Tim Curry, and I just love that because I love Tim Curry. Um, It's not him, but (laughs) it sounds a lot like him. But, yeah. Moral of the story is, everyone listening, if you ever want to make a movie or write a book or anything, please do your research before you do it. Please, dear God, get some opinions. Please don't be offensive. (laughs) Please get some opinions on it. If you're not part of the culture that that you're wishing to represent, maybe don't represent that culture because yeah. there's a good chance you're yeah. going to be based on some stuff on stereotype yeah. or if you are going to represent that culture make sure to talk to many people yes. within that culture who can give you accurate descriptions of things and then talk to even more people to make sure that what you have written is not offensive or racist or stereotypical because granted that Disney did look up the mythology for Maui and they tried to incorporate that Yeah, they also had like you said, they had Hispanics working on yes. Coco that didn't see it as an issue. Like, 
Yeah. Maybe they need it not just saying, okay, we have a couple guys, that'll be fine. If they give us some ideas, no. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta research and ask plenty of more people. That's what, that's how cultural relevancy occurs is you have, like, a majority of people within the culture being represented have to accept the media as culturally relevant for it to be culturally relevant. Got it. Like, that's, the definition of the word. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's more that goes into it, obviously, but that's one of the biggest factors. I don't know. Yeah. It's very interesting. I've, I, again, the, I've learned mostly about it with, in forms of literature. Yeah. But it works in all media forms. Um, also, something that I just kind of realized, I guess, or noticed, or kind of picked up on. With Moana... It's a, it's almost, okay, let me figure out how to word this. So with Moana, I feel like it might almost be a little easier in a sense to be accurate because while it is somewhat religion-based, given the fact that it's like on like gods and whatever, whatever, because it's a myth, it's a mythological religion like it's still a religion obviously like there's still people today who believe in these gods and goddesses and things like that that's not what i'm saying but since it's based since the stories of that religion are based more on mythology like greek mythology like roman mythology like egyptian mythology whatever what have you you can pass it off more as a narrative versus a religious film yeah whereas with coco so much of dia de los muertos is tied specifically to religion and to Catholicism, even more specifically, that it is going to be harder to make that actually accurate and relevant without making it religious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I've never seen, well, not that I can think of, There's pro- there might be one out there, but just off the top of my head, I can't think of a single Disney movie that I've seen, except for like Hunchback of Notre Dame, Aside from that one, I can't think of a single Disney movie that has, like, overt religious overtones. Like, they're very good about making sure that everyone who watches it, no matter what religion they are, can, like, understand and feel a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's usually culture-based, not religion-based. Yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame is the exception, but, again, it's based more on, like, the, I mean, it's loosely based, but it's based more on the book which is very heavily Catholic, and, like, you have to have some Catholic stuff in there or else it doesn't work. Like, the plot's just gone at that point. You know what I'm saying? But especially looking at their more recent films, there's, like, no mention of religion at all. So Coco, being about Dia de los Muertos and trying to incorporate this idea of an afterlife without making it religious is already hard. It's very difficult. So it's something to think about. But also, though, the inaccuracies that they have are not based on the religious aspects of Vida los Muertos. It's based on how the Mexican people interact with one another. And that's a problem. Yeah. Because if the accuracy was based on the actual celebration of Vida los Muertos or, like, anything about the afterlife, like, whatever, I get that. Because you're trying to not be super religious. And I understand that. And that's a little bit more excusable. Yeah. But the fact that all of the complaints that we listed earlier 
were specifically about the way that the people were portrayed. Yeah. That's, that's where it's not excusable. That's where it becomes a I problem. I was actually going to say that when you started saying all this, and I was like, let me hear where she's going with yeah. this. But yeah, I, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not the religion problem. Mm-mm. So, but that is something that I just noticed because I was like, it's very interesting that like such a religious festival celebration is made very secular in this film. And it's done well, actually. Like, that transition from sacred to secular is done very well in the film. That is something that I will give them kudos for, too. But again, that's not what the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't fix anything. <laughs> but I guess if you want to give them some more kudos, that, that is one. Because that yeah. was done very effectively. It was more like family-based versus yeah. church-based. Yeah. Which is good as someone with very little to no religious background. Right. Because I... Don't. I'm not anything. Right. So it's just kind of like I could understand it. So And to looking at, which again, this is coming from someone who will be celebrating her first Dia de los Muertos this year. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But just from what I know of the celebration and from what I know like from my family and stuff, nowadays it is far more secular and based around family ideals. But I know that the origins were specifically religious. Yeah. You know, because it follows, yeah. like, Hallow's Eve, All Saints Day, and then All Souls Day. So yeah. it's a whole, it's a very religious thing in the origins. But today, it's not as heavily, like, people still go to church, yeah. whatever. But again, it's not as strongly religious, at least from what I know and understand. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Because <laughs> I don't, you know, because I, I don't want to be spouting off bad information we always take opinions and information we love constructive criticism yes we don't like just insults (laughs) yeah we'll just send you to the junk mailbox amen but but yeah Yeah. all right well thank you for listening to us ramble on about coco and moana for an hour or yeah, this is definitely a long episode. This is like so an hour and a half. Sorry, but also so sorry. not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, we will. Don't think that this is gonna turn into a review podcast by any means. It's no, not. No. But there will be other episodes where we do things similar to this. Like yeah. we talk about music. movies or music or books or whatever. Like Twenty One Pilots coming at you soon. Yeah, I. We know we're going to have a Marvel episode somewhere in there. Yeah. We're both too obsessed with Marvel to not talk about it, and I have all the tea. <laughs> yeah, if we don't talk about it, something's wrong with us. Yeah, like we were kidnapped and replaced. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there will be other episodes like this one, for sure. Yeah. I'm also kind of hoping that like all of our episodes can be roughly this length. Me too. Because I know it's long, but also this is what podcasts are supposed to be. <laughs> I don't... I'd rather have a longer episode than a bunch of short ones. Same. I would, too. I'd rather have some with, like, good content. Right. I know that I enjoy listening to longer ones more than the shorter ones, especially because I listen to them, like, in the car when I'm driving somewhere, and typically my drives are 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. and I drive at least seven times a week, technically 14 times a week. Because I'm there and back for seven students, you know? And all of them are at least 20 minutes. So if I get a longer episode, I can spread that out over a couple trips versus if it's just like 20 or 30 minutes and it's done in one and then I'm left with nothing. (laughs) I usually, like with them, that's why we drink. Mm -hmm. um, Whenever I see a longer episode, I I usually go like, oh my God. 
but then I love it because the content is so good. Right. Like, they just have so much to talk about, and it's not bad. And it's one of those things, too, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, I've noticed in our podcast also, um, the longer episodes, they're longer because we enjoy what we're talking about more. Yeah. Like, we get into it, and we give all this yeah. information, and, like, it's obvious how much more we enjoy it yeah. than some of our shorter ones. Yeah. And so I like the idea of having longer episodes because that means that we're really into it. Yeah. And that's the point, right? We're it's doing it for us. We're doing it to enjoy. And just if we're just making about. episodes to make episodes, yeah. then we don't need to be doing this anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it gets to that point, then we just need to stop. Yeah. So, yeah. So expect some longer episodes in the future. Hopefully, yes. For sure. As... As we can afford. Again, yeah. we are busy. <laughs> we do Wait. have wild schedules. Midterms are coming up. Yeah, but if we can give longer episodes like this, we're going to. Yeah. For sure. Because we like it. I yeah, like it. Yeah, I do too. So. Just know closer to, like, December with finals and everything, we may not be here for a while, but then also when we are, it may be long distance phone calls. That's true. So it may not have good quality. Yeah. We're going to have to practice some things. We're either going to just post some not as good audio quality episodes, or we might just take a hiatus, like yeah. a break for the holidays until we can get back yeah. together. Because we, like, we both respectively go to our hometowns. Yeah. For Christmas and New Year's, so we can like try it once and then listen to it. And if it's not good, we'll just say That's sorry, what guys. I'm and we'll obviously we'll post on yeah, our we'll social media, like hey. So follow us everywhere. Yes, for sure. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We'll get those handles in a second. Also, just as a real quick thing too, um, I know that we're not necessarily a podcast with like a specific theme or topic, but. We'd love for you guys to, like, write us in some things, whether it be topics that you want us to talk about or just things that you find interesting from our podcast that you yeah. want us to maybe, like, read on the podcast. Like, I'm so down to do listener-episode type things. Same. You know what I'm saying? So if there's anything you want to send us uh, that you want us to read on the podcast or anything that you have to tell us about the latest episode or any topic that you want to have us cover you can for sure email us at friends don't let friends podcast at gmail.com um you can find us on twitter at in all capitals fdlfma podcast um or on instagram at friends don't let friends podcast and then our facebook is also friends, friends don't, don't let, let friends, friends podcast, podcast i think and we're both linked to all those accounts so yes we both get we, notifications we both get notifications so we should mm -hmm. At least one of us yeah. will get back to you. Yeah. If, if only one of us does, we'll text. We'll probably text each other. Oh yeah. If we're not in the same room, I was going to say we live together. Like yeah. we'll go we'll to each like, other's room. Hey, look what we got, and we'll talk about it, and we'll write back simultaneously. Yeah. So please, please. give us information. We already have. If you know us soon. personally, text us stuff. I yeah. don't care. Tell me at work. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me at school. I had a friend, Sardan, at you. Uh, you, he's a, we're gonna have a guest star, Sir Dan. Yeah, he gave us a suggestion about a song to listen to, yeah. and so we're gonna have a music episode with That's him. That's gonna be a fun episode, I'm yeah, excited With him that. as a guest star, we've already started listening to the music. Yeah. Trench just came out. Yeah. It's gonna be a good episode. Eminem came out with that album. Oh, it's gonna be a good I don't episode. know if it's gonna be next week, but no, that will be sometime soon, yeah, hopefully. hopefully. So, I'm trying to think. Next weekend, we're both gonna be out of town. Yeah. So next weekend might be a little weird with posting and recording, just to let all of you guys know, because both of us are going out of town, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have to try to figure out what we're doing with that, but 
other than that, we're trying to keep on schedule, trying to keep you guys posted. I try to post on social media as often as I can with new episodes. Um, But just keep a lookout on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, of course, Podbean, Stitcher. All of them. All of them. You know. We have links to all of them. If you're ever curious, you can just, again, text us or email us. And we'll let you know. Twitter us or Instagram us. We will send you all of the links. We will. We have have, all of them. Yeah, we have them all saved. With each... Each one, each website, all yep. of them. So, there you go. So, I guess after a long day of ranting about movies, just remember that friends, friends don't, don't let, let friends, friends make, make a, a podcast. podcast.